powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Yo, yo, yo. What is good? What is good? What is good? Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. You're here with your boy, Avery Lewis McDougal, and technology, as you can tell, is not my strong suit. We had to figure some things out. I'm hosting tonight via my phone and be, uh, being produced via Dennis and Zach. They helped me out a lot tonight. You know what? Hey, but as they say, the show must go on. The show must go on somehow. And unfortunately for Hampton Oilers, the show in Nashville resulted in them falling four to three tonight in overtime loss. Edmonton has dropped three straight games and they helped cut Nashville's slide in that game. But before we get into any of that, before we get on to, into the game and Nuge's two-goal game, a word from our friends at Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's the World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in-play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see what all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, and please play responsibly. Okay, with that being said, on to the good old-fashioned hockey game. And, well, once again, we're broken records here on the SDPN on Game Over Edmonton. The Oilers, once again, start out slow in this game. Once again, Edmonton starts out slow, and Nashville scores the first goal of the game on Jack Campbell. And I'm not even going to entirely put it all on Jack Campbell. It's once again this Edmonton Oilers team not finding ways to get up and start this game on the right foot. Playing from behind once again. That cannot happen. We keep saying it. All three of us. All three of us on this channel keep saying that. And it burned them once again. As I see here in the chat, yeah, the comments here, you know. <laughs> I see in the comments from all the usual suspects. Yes, we... Finally got the show to work. We finally got things going. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, people have called NHL hockey games via their cell phone. Technology some days doesn't want to cooperate with you, and it is what it is. But again, Edmonton in this game. Now, granted, I will give a lot of credit to Edmonton's pushback. This is a team that pushed back quite nicely against Nashville on the road. This is a team that we all know. They've had a lot of success against in the past in the past season or two. They've had a lot of success against Nashville. And one thing they did very well was push back against the Preds on the road. And big ups to our guy, Yessi Pugliarvi. Huge fan of this guy. Supported his game for a very long time. And finally gets his first goal in 26 games. Bit of a knuckler past UC Saros, but... Love, I love Jesse getting shots in the net. And this is how you build his confidence. This is how a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi's confidence is going to grow and grow and grow. Just getting anything on net, just something on target that can beat a goaltender like Saros. And we saw him once again. We saw him 
and Hamblin and Fogel, those guys played pretty well, I thought. And we saw Yessi once again being aggressive, going to net, getting shots towards net. This is where Yessi Pugliavri is showing people that, you know, hey, I mean, yes, he has struggled, but the offensive game is still there. He still has the ability to get to the net. He still has the ability to create high-danger chances. He still has the ability to use his size in effective areas. But again, he didn't play all that much, and neither did um, Dylan Holloway. Those are two guys who I really feel will thrive with more ice time. And Jay Woodcroft just isn't giving enough ice time to Dylan Holloway. And a great and a great comment here from Zach. Like Zach was mentioning how Holloway flying one flying with 11 minutes and, and Matthias Janmark gets 17 minutes. The line deployment of Jay Woodcroft over the past little while, I truly don't get. I really don't get. Like you need to give Puliarvi a bit more time, Holloway a bit more time. These are guys who have shown when given chances, when given chances, they are going to step up when called upon. They can't thrive with 10, 11 minutes, or in certain cases, we've seen before, some cases, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. What good does it do for this team to keep these guys stapled to the bench? Answer me that, please. That is something that I really am still having a hard time wondering in terms of what Jay is not seeing. And maybe there are some things that they're not doing in practice that Jay wants, but. Come game time, when the lights are the brightest, you're seeing these guys step up and thrive. So it is a really weird thing, and hopefully we do see more playing time given come the Oilers' next step in this road trip. We'll be playing Dallas on Wednesday night. And I'll say right here and right now, Wednesday night, we're going to have a guest on Game Over Edmonton. I'm bringing on my guy, Adams on Hockey. Jason Adams will be joining me to discuss that game on Wednesday night, breaking things down. If you follow Jason on Twitter, he is a wonderful guy to talk to about the game. Big analytics, analytics guy, loves his numbers, loves the young guys. So it'll be fun talking to Mr. Jason Adams on the podcast on Wednesday night. That'll be a fun listen. Absolutely. You're going to enjoy that. And for those of you who heard Game Over Vancouver and heard Mike fail, Come after my food takes. Well, I've extended the invitation to bring on Mr. Michael Fail on to Game Over Edmonton to discuss hockey, life, and my takes when it comes to eating cereal without milk, my disdain for Brussels sprouts, my love of pineapple on pizza, and how I cannot stand Donairs as an Edmontonian. The awful food, Donairs. But yes, <laughs> Jason Adams on Wednesday, and then Mike Fail, possibly next week or in early January. So, little updates here, little updates there. <clears throat> and Zach, what do you think about the McDry line? <laughs> you know what? The McDry line—that's a thing in which we can't keep McDavid and Drysaddle together forever and ever and ever. On man, we're gonna have to go back to. These two centering their own lines eventually, Zach. We can't have those guys on their that same line again. It'll it's the Oilers being once again, as we know it, very, very top heavy. 
And hopefully when you do get guys like came back from the lineup, things are going to change. You're not going to have this, this team being so top heavy, but it truly is a major issue when you do. I mean, it's nice to have, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have the ability to run the McDryer line, but you can't always do it. You can't always have that. <laughs> I'm seeing the comments here. Um, pocket track. Yes. I, Oh, I'll put my headphones. Yes, I am a big pineapple on pizza guy. Love it. That citrus kick on a pizza. Oh, mm, magnifique. It is wonderful to have. You got to get some of that in your life. You have to have that. Uh, some stranger. Yeah, I know. Donairs. Donairs. Giant thumbs down. Two big fat thumbs down to donairs. I'm sorry. If we're talking Edmonton food, the premier food is green onion cake. Green onion cake over donairs any day of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you name it. It is by far the superior Edmonton meal. Green onion cake. <clears throat> but no, but yeah, the uh, I see a comment here. Trade for Chikrin, please. I mean, at a certain point, like Jacob Chikrin is the kind of guy I know people are worried about some people are worried about Jacob Chikrin and his injury history, but Jacob Chikrin is still a very young D-man who has tremendous upside offensively. This is the kind of guy who is a top, this is a, in Edmonton, this is a guy who could be a, a top pairing D-man at Edmonton, and yet the front office staff is still not budging at all in making a trade possible for Jacob Chikrin. And again, Edmonton wants to be a team that wants to win. We always hear about how this is the win-now zone. This is the time to win, time to win. But again, if you're Ken Holland, you got to figure out, you got to find a way to clear cap space or figure out how you can make a deal happen with Arizona to bring in Jacob Chikrin. And if it costs you a Philip Broberg, if it costs you another prospect, or if it costs you Broberg and a pick, then so be it. So be it. You gotta be in that sweepstakes to get Jacob Chikrin. As much as we hear Edmonton's out of it, Edmonton's not gonna do it. What you have right now is not enough to get you to a cup final. Joel Edmondson should not be a guy you're talking about. You always hear about the discussions of Ben Sherron and Joel Edmondson, but numbers will tell you that those guys are not what Edmonton needs defensively. They really aren't. Those aren't the kind of guys Edmonton has to bring in. But yet we keep hearing Ken Holland in the mix for those kind of guys. Those are not what you need right now to show that you are a true contender in the Western Conference. Really is not. Now, granted, I will give Ken Holland credit, though, on one thing. I will give him credit. Uh, sorry, two things. The, the clean Costin deal is looking pretty good. The Costin deal is looking like an actual great move. And also, today, re-signing Stuart Skinner. Re-signing Stuart Skinner now. Before that costs you dearly later on down the road, I will admit that's a great move to right now lock up Stuart Skinner as your, one of your netminders. I can admit that right there. Stuart Skinner deserves it. He's, gonna, he's going to be a part of this franchise for quite some time. And now I think 
I think you do go back to Skinner now for the game against Dallas after Campbell. And Jack Campbell wasn't... Mm, it was an iffy night for Jack Campbell. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was an iffy night. In that third period, when Nashville's onslaught came on, Campbell made some big saves to keep that a tie game. When Nashville was pressing late in that third period, I will give, I will give Jack Campbell a lot of credit there. But he didn't make other saves throughout that game that made you confident. Is that to, to be quite fair on that? Great saves in the third period. But in the first and second, it was, ugh. It was just shaky again for Jack Campbell. And granted, he's going to have to play a few more games. But your number one right now, in my opinion, is Stuart Skinner. The number one goaltender on this roster right now is Stuart Skinner. And if you were to ask me, if Edmonton makes the playoffs, say the season ends today, you're going into a playoff series against either, say, Vegas or Seattle, my game one starter right now is still Stuart Skinner. My game one starter is Stuart Skinner. It's not Jack Campbell. And as much as, you know, the money would dictate that Jack Campbell should be your number one guy, I can't ride with him as number one guy. I'm sure I'm not alone in the chat. I'm sure people um, are going to agree with me on that saying right, right now, your number one guy is Stuart. It's not Jack. And it is what it is. It is what it is. And uh, Edmonton rolls into Dallas on Wednesday. But we got to give credit again to the last time I was on here, I talked about the play of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And once again, Nuge has a great game. Comes in with two goals, 17 goals on the season. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins, again, deserves all the credit in the world for how he has played to start this season. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is quiet. I don't want to say quietly, but when you're playing with guys like when you're playing with uh, McDavid, Drysdale, and Kane, even though you even though you're the veteran on this roster, at times and Zach Hyman, at times Ryan Nugent Hopkins can get lost and shuffle a little bit though. But how he's played so far has been excellent. I have I really for the most part have not had any complaints about Ryan Nugent Hopkins' play throughout the first three games of the year. He's on pace for a career year in points. He has been one of the more reliable forwards on this Edmonton Oilers team. He's been one of the more reliable guys. Like I would be so, so happy to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins end this year topping 75 points. I would love to see that happen for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That'd be a great thing for him. And hey, if you like what we do on the SDPN channel, if you like what we do on all the Game Over shows, please hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share, comment, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies what you think of Game Over. Let them know. Let them know. <laughs> I see Doc and Dennis there in the chat making sure we get the making sure we get the likes and the comments here. Always fun to see those guys helping out. You know, hey, everybody here, we're a team. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. But yeah, but this is a team in which there is there is much work to do. There still is much work to do. And yeah, Matthias Yadmark on the second line. That is a the line of decisions that are being made right now 
by Jay Woodcroft and company, you would there these are things you wouldn't have seen Jay do in the postseason last year. There there are decisions with the lineup that Jay wasn't making last year that he did this year that at times can be a tad bit confusing. And I don't know what he's trying to do in that sense, but it's almost as if he's trying to do a little bit too much. He really is trying to do a little bit too much. It's really odd. It really is odd right now. And again, Edmonton should not be battling for a wildcard spot. They shouldn't be here treading water against Nashville or even Anaheim. The Anaheim Ducks game was probably one of the more frustrating games of the season if you were a fan, if you're just watching that game on TV. Because Anaheim came into that game against the Oilers with only two wins in regulation. Two wins in regulation. And yet Anaheim found a way to walk straight away with that victory. And I'll give credit to Lucas Dostal, who had a great night net 46A performance. But that was a game which you have to, at the bare minimum, take a point away from the Anaheim Ducks. At the bare minimum. And yet they were in a dogfight with Anaheim. The consistency, Edmonton struggles to come up, Edmonton struggles way too often putting away teams they should put away on a consistent basis, like the Anaheims, like the Nashvilles. We saw it just fine against Arizona. We saw that we saw what this team can do against Coyotes with an eight-to-two victory. But letting Anaheim beat you at home when they are the only team in Western Conference that has yet to record five wins in regulation cannot happen. That should have been a massive, massive alarm bell ringing for not just Jay Woodcroft, but for Ken Holland and all of Oilers management in terms of we have to make. We have to do something. And if I was in that front office, you wouldn't be looking to make a move by New Year's, by New Year's or by early January, because you can't go much longer what you have right now in this roster going into February, March, April, May. Like it's it is such an odd, odd situation. And again, and even players like um, Devin Shore are still checking into the lineup. And Devin Shore is a guy, you know, personally, great guy, wonderful guy, wonderful dude. But in terms of what he's bringing to the lineup, Devin Shore isn't doing enough to consistently check into the lineup playing fourth-line minutes. Devin Shore just doesn't do enough right now. He isn't, he isn't producing points-wise, isn't getting enough chances. He's just getting around. He's just a guy. He's just there right now in that roster. And you don't need on this roster right now at Edmonton, you, don't, you cannot survive with a third and fourth line or a fourth line full of just guy, 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 guy. <laughs> That's not how you win. That's not how you win. You, you need much more than just the top six putting in, the top six scoring, and a couple of D-men chipping in here and there. It cannot happen. I see the chat. Oh, the chat's bumping right now. <laughs> And great point, Dennis. You, this team can't rely on only hidden gems. That's a major thing this team cannot only rely on. But yet it seems to keep happening over and over and over again. And no, um, Klim, is not, Klim is nowhere near. No, I would not say Klim is a problem for the Orlers. I would not say it at all. 
I mean, you should not be relying on him for everything. He does drive plays. He does run the play. He's been one of the better aspects of this team. So, and and, so, and some guys do need a fresh start. Some guys do need a fresh start. I know he, I know his time was up in St. Louis. And some guys need to re- need a change of scenery to get things going again. And going from St. Louis to Edmonton has definitely helped Carson's play as of late. And <laughs> I got to give full credit, though, to Clem Costin. He is, his personality is something I do enjoy. I do, I'll, I'll say, I will say this as a member of the media. I do find it funny. And I'm in the room. I'm in the room as well, too. So I did find the, the joke on Costin talking about reporter questions. I did find that very funny. I thought that was hilarious, you know. You got a guy with some personality in that room, a guy who is not in that room giving cliches, saying the same thing over and over. It's refreshing. I think that's a very refreshing thing to have a guy like Clem Costin out there in the room. And he's clearly endearing himself to the fan base. He's He's been, he's played less than 20 games and already he's becoming a full hero to Oiler fans. So I think that's amazing. I think that is amazing. And talking about, I see Leon here. Um, you know, I've been asked about Leon for, I've been asked about Leon, um, Zach, for a bit here. There's something, yeah, people have asked me about Leon, which um, I've been asked, is Leon hurt? Is something going on? And as far, as far as we know, he's not. As far as we know, or what we've been told, Leon is fine. I don't know if he's hiding something in terms of injury. If he was, of course, you know, that would not be revealed to us. But even when Leon had the high ankle sprain against the LA Kings and had 17 points in six games, Dry style kept on coming out night after night, telling us the ankle was getting better, it was getting better, I'm improving, when really, no. <laughs> you could see Leon was hurting. You could see he was laboring. You could see that he was hurt. So if there is something, if there is something there, I don't think Leon's going to tell us. I really don't. He's the kind of guy where he's not going to show you anything. He, he, won't, he won't show his hand if something is there. So. That's what I wanted to say. But yeah, David. Yeah, David, go. You're not the only. You're not the only guy to say not only in this chat ever, but period, a package of Broberg for Chikrin. Like Philip Broberg is going to be a good defenseman in the NHL. Philip Broberg has a future in this league. He does. That's just cut and dry. He's got a future in the NHL. He will be an NHL defenseman. That's that's evident. But this team can't wait two or three more years for him to eventually become the NHL D-man. They can't wait. Jacob Chikrin is already that NHL premier D-man that you can trade for or you should trade for that will improve this roster by leaps and bounds. Broberg is a guy, if you deal with Arizona, Arizona wants him, that's a guy who can be a part of the Arizona uh, future in Tempe. That's, he'll be a great guy for Arizona with that, that youth movement. Because the Coyotes, they, they got some cooking in Arizona. If you pay attention to what's happening with the Coyotes, with their young prospects, and the fact that they have a lot of draft picks on the way. Like, Broberg in Arizona, a part of that core, when he develops even more, won't be a bad look for them. Won't be a bad look. Everton needs a guy now. He can be a guy in Arizona and help that future movement in Tempe. So, 
but yeah, no, I appreciate all of you guys here joining in and dealing dealing with dealing with the technical difficulties. Training for a forward depth. I'm not a not opposed to it, hater. Not opposed to that. Doing training for forward depth. I think really right now I got I have to go through and see who this team would look for in terms of forward depth. And that's a thing I will definitely address on Game Over Edmonton. I'll address who this team could trade for in terms of forward depth. I know I've been so focused right now in making a, a better trade help out the back end. But definitely, I would not be opposed to try to make a move to help the forward depth, to help the third and fourth line, and alleviate some of the top-heavy problems right now at Edmonton, which is a major thing. It is a major thing with the Rollers in terms of year in, year out, year, sorry, year in, year out being very top-heavy. So trade deadline day should be very active for Edmonton. Edmonton absolutely should be active all morning long and all afternoon long. This is a team in which you got to figure out, you got to work those phones. And I'm sure Ken Holland has been before, but you got to get real aggressive in improving this team to not run into a wall again when you face a, a lead juggernaut team in the Western Conference Final. If you get there, now, who would, they, who would it be against? I don't know because we've seen the issues with Colorado in terms of their injuries. So who knows who that could be? But first things first, address the forward depth and address the back end because, once again, you're not getting that strong play on the back end you would really want. And, you know, I love the guy, Darnell Nurse, but Darnell has just not had a string of, of solid games in a row. He scored. He's been scoring, which is great to see. We know Darnell has offensive has the offensive ability as a as a defenseman, but in his own end, in his own end lately, he struggled mightily in his own end. Against Anaheim, it was a major issue in his own end. Like against the Ducks, it was not a good side against Anaheim. Like against against St. Louis. Against St. Louis. That was probably the most egregious effort of Darnell's play just not coming together this year. And full credit, though, Darnell. Full credit. After that game, he put the mistakes squarely upon himself. He owned it. So he, had, he owned what happened against St. Louis. Said it was on me. I have to improve. I got to be better. Didn't blame anybody else but him. And he knows it. If anybody's going to critique his play, it's going to be himself. He is tough on his own play. And yeah, and, and that's a great point, Daniel. Like, it, At times, this team has Darnell doing too much. At times, he's doing too much. He needs a little bit more help. He needs some help. You can't have Darnell playing what seems to almost be 51 minutes a night. Okay, I'm exaggerating, but you get the idea. Darnell needs some help on that top pairing. Because what's happening right now we, we, saw, we saw him and CeCe struggling. Like, Darnell needs help on that top pairing. He needs someone to help eat a bit of those minutes so that he's not trying to be Mr. Everything on that blue line. Because right now, he's being burnt for it in many ways. He really is. Uh, Lin, Lindsay, trade on. <laughs> okay, that's funny. That's funny. Trade Holland. <laughs> You know what? 
in in other, in other sports, coaches have been traded and front office staff have been traded in different sports. I mean, if there's any football fans in the chat room, John Gruden got traded from the Oakland Raiders to Tampa Bay as a head coach. So, I mean, you can trade front office staff. You can trade coaches. It's not impossible. It's happened before in the NFL. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Zach, great point. NBA, you can trade coaches too in the NBA. It's not impossible. So, <laughs> although who would make that deal? Who would, who would trade a GM? Who would be in charge of trading a general manager to a different team? That is my question right there, gang. Maybe we'll try and figure that one out for next time on Game Over Edmonton. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. That actually got me laughing pretty hard. That was funny. Dennis, Holland to Netherlands or Van Dyke. <laughs> you know, the World Cup is over, but, yo, we're still getting these jokes off on Game Over Edmonton. We're still getting these jokes off. I love that. That is really, really, really funny to see that people are actually out here suggesting a trade of one Mr. Ken Holland to a different franchise. <laughs> Negotiate your own trade terms. Wouldn't that be something? A GM goes in and negotiates a trade. He negotiates where he wants to go to, the terms, who comes back, and who goes with him. Oh, that would be wild. <laughs> that would be a very funny thing to try and envision happening if that actually ever could happen in the hockey world of um, uh, free agency and deals. But, you know, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. And I'll just, I'll just leave you guys with a few points here in terms of we've touched on Newton Hopkins. Great game. Wonderful game in a year in which I, I'm going to say it right now. Ryan Newton Hopkins will cross 75-point barrier. Let's put out there the energy of Nuge ending the year, say, at 70, 79 points. 79 points for Nuge. He deserves it. I think you go back to Skinner in net for Dallas on Wednesday night and get Darnell some help on the back end. Darnell needs help. He's a top-pairing guy, but he can't be Mr. Everything. He straight up can't. Anyways, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'll talk to you all again on Wednesday night. It'll be myself and Jason Adams talking post-game after the Oilers play Dallas. Have a good night. I'm gone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.